Welcome to the Post Game Report. Pete Versich is the analyst for the Vikings Radio Network, and I'm Paul Allen. We just got done calling a thrilling Minnesota Vikings 20-17 victory. Pete and I have called games together since 2007. Pete's first game on the microphone was Atlanta at the Metrodome when Adrian Peterson uh, caught a pass for a rare receiving touchdown. From that moment through the Minneapolis Miracle and through so many different things we've seen in regular season or postseason games, this thing today was unbelievable. I, I This is as emotional as I have been for a football game, Paul, in, since I can remember. And it's and for, I mean, just for so many reasons, so many reasons. And to see, I guess the bottom line is this. This team today had every excuse, I think, to just say, you know what? Not in the cards today. We're just not going to, you know, we're just not going to get there. We're on the road. We're playing one of the best defenses, I think, in the league. Best defensive fronts for sure. But they found a way to win, and it was the big players. It was the Justin Jeffersons at the big times that come up, the sacks. You know, Daniil Hunter gets a couple today. I mean, it, those are the things you got to have. Your, like, you know, like Coach Burns would say. We talked about Coach Burns last night. Yeah. Big players got to make big plays at the big time. Big right. knockers, he used to call them. And that happened time after time after time today. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm exhausted. I, I, I mean, all I do is talk. I get that. I'm not running on the field anymore. I got it. But emotionally, the whole thing, I, it, it was – I've never – this team is, is – this is a team to get behind. Yeah. This is a team – that you just can't say you like. This is a team that you, you you know mentally, emotionally get behind to see them come back like they did today. Oh my gosh, what a what a what an amazing day. What a fun Sunday. It's one to remember. That's the for sure. Vikings beat Washington 20 to 17. Minnesota's won six in a row. Minnesota is seven and one. Takes on Buffalo next Sunday. The Bills lost at the Jets today, 20 to 17. Kirk Cousins played six years uh, with Washington. Uh, his first time back to FedEx Field, 265, two TDs and an interception. Uh, we will hear from Kirk shortly. Likewise for Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings coach. Uh, KOC coached with Washington for three years, two as a quarterback's coach, one as offensive coordinator. The Vikings are 6-0 and this year in one-score games. And when they were down 17-7 in the fourth quarter, what Pete just said, I can't stress enough the level of importance. The Vikings, in winning all these games, have not panicked. Well, um, th there was some panic or there was some frustration. It was discombobulated. It did not look like the squad we've seen the last month and a half. Then all of a sudden, there was a hit on Kirk Cousins that knocked him out for a play. The Vikings' defense got pissed off. And Zadarius Smith channeled his inner Lawrence Taylor and was unblockable. He was. I mean, and we we knew that they were going to pay a lot of attention to Zadarius Smith in the game plan. We knew that coming in. Scott Turner talked about it during the week. That allowed one-on-ones with Daniil Hunter, and Daniil Hunter absolutely answered the bell, Paul. I mean, I know he would love to get that jet sweep by the tight end back. Yeah. But he can't. You know, he comes up with two huge sacks today. Uh, he, you know, those guys. None of those guys up front ever gave up. Losing Tomlinson and not having Tomlinson, yeah, is a big deal. Mm. Tomlinson is a great football player, and I, you know, I've I've got to give a tip of the cap to all those guys like James Lynch, yeah, and Ross, Ross Blacklock, Blacklock and, and Bullard. Bullard and and Kyrie Tonga who stepped up How about that and did a great job today because this is a very good running football team, very good with the running game, 
and they stick with it. They hang with it, and we were able to slow them down. Now, coming up on the postgame report at Vikings.com, uh, you'll hear press conferences from Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins. Also, uh, three takes from Ron Johnson. Then at the end, Kevin O'Connell's post-game speech in the locker room. I love that every single week. Why wouldn't we? Uh, because every single week, it's a celebratory press conference from the head coach of the Vikings, whose team is 7-1. and one. Let's begin with winning formula, Ben Lieber and Gabe Henderson. Welcome to a winning edition of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. My name is Gabe Henderson. Ben Lieber is alongside me, and Ben, the Minnesota Vikings win in thrilling fashion today, 20-17, over the Washington Commanders. And I really I haven't processed this game just yet uh, with all the back and forth, the momentum swings, everything that went into this game. This Minnesota Vikings team still found a way to get a win. You talking to Kevin O'Connell in the locker room right after the game. What were his thoughts on today's win? I mean, it's really the same thing that we've seen from this team all season long. He's like, we're a resilient football team. Yeah. You know, we're never out of it. He's like, you know, I, I said it always seems like from a fan perspective that you know, you, you hit these lulls in the game, and then when you have to make these critical plays, all of a sudden, they just can make the critical plays. Like, what what is to that? He's like, you know, it's just obviously just a belief in what we're yeah. doing, and, you know, guys not not giving up, and we're just trying to out-execute on every play, and it just so happens that they, they're making more critical plays than their opponents, and this, and this was the same thing again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never saw a true quit. Now, you saw some disappointment. Mm -hmm. There were some guys on the sideline that were obviously very depressed. I think yeah. that... The, the commander's defensive front, they, they really, you know, took it out on us offensively. I don't think they gave us a lot of life. They're kind of sucking it away. But then, you know, one successful play after another, all of a sudden you see the life kind of pop back into this team and uh, obviously a bunch of big plays down the stretch put it over the top. You definitely needed a big play down the stretch following the end of the first. Well, I guess the first play of the second half, I can't think of his name. Cameron Bynum runs into the back judge. The Washington Commanders score a touchdown, and everyone is thinking, okay, is this how the Vikings are going to lose by the back judge? Uh, literally running into a play where we should have had an interception, and then we started chirping away, started getting some momentum back. Harrison Smith gets an interception. What would you say about this resilient Vikings team being able to fight back when we're down 17-7 to in the fourth quarter? Well, I, I think there's one play that, that really, to me, was kind of the turning point. There's always, like, turning points in a lot of these games, especially these games that are so close. It mm -hmm. comes down to just a possession or two. It was third down, okay. and, and Kirk makes that throw to Justin Jefferson, I believe, for 47 yards down the, down the left Vikings hash. Yep. He takes a shot to Dur by Deron Payne and lays there literally in pain and yeah. has to sit out a play. That, to me, was the, was the injection of confidence I think that this team needed. We only got three points out of it, but we were down by 10 points at that time. You get three, you now take a two-possession game down to one possession, and you give this team some life, yep. some confidence. Like, oh, man, even though they got a guy that was, you know, end up being a free rusher to get a quarterback hit, we're able to execute down the field. We really hadn't done that much throughout the, 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 the game up until that point. Yep. So I think it gave our offense some life. Uh, gave our defense some life in the very next possession. You get the Harrison uh, Harrison Smith interception. Uh, the Harrison Smith interception was due to uh, this Vikings team just being able to play really good on first down. Our run defense was phenomenal today. Dalvin Tomlinson, we knew he was out. He was out with the calf injury. So Ross Blacklock, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Bullard, James Lynch, all those guys had to step up. We held those guys to less than four yards per carry. What did you see? from our backups filling in for Dalvin Tomlinson that was able to get us that edge over their offensive line? Well, I think as the game went on, we were able to stop sort of reading some of this zone read stuff. You know, okay. when, you, when you're trying to guess right 
And and sometimes that's, that becomes a problem because you're not making things declared for your linebackers and your safeties and the run fits. As the game went on, I think we declared a little bit more. We were, we were stouter at the point of attack. We weren't getting washed down. You know, we weren't getting pushed horizontally across the line of scrimmage. And so we clogged up the A's and B gaps, the inside gaps. And then we saw late in the game a Caleb Evans coming yeah. up and run support on the outside as a cornerback, yeah. which is what you have to do. Once you declare, you see it's run, now you shift your focus from pass defense to run defense. And he did a phenomenal job. So a couple good examples there of just how everybody worked really, really well in tandem across that defensive front. That's a really good point you made about uh, Caleb Evans coming up and tackle, tackling later in the game. Cameron, Cameron Dancer, our starting cornerback, got injured, I believe, in the first, early, early part of the second half. But Caleb Evans comes in, gets some really game-defining plays. And you can tell the Washington Commanders team were saying, okay, let's block everybody on the Minnesota Vikings defense, right. and let's put our running back one-on-one with the cornerback. The cornerback is usually the worst tackler on the team, and the fact that he stepped up today, you, you had to be excited about what you saw with him, right? Oh, it was super excited. You know, you, you always kind of wonder, like, are these guys – we love to say, like, oh, next man up, that's the mentality. Yeah, and, like, yeah. it's a lot easier said than done sometimes. But, you know, he's one of those guys that, that is truly becoming a, a gamer. He seems to be always ready for the big moments. Yep. And, and you know, with I think the thing that helped was with Dantzler being kind of questionable going into the game, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that a Caleb got a lot of reps in practice yep. too. So he was prepared. And you could tell that he was prepared for this moment when he gets in there and ends up playing for most of the game. So like you said, the, the way that he's able to come up and run fits was great. He played, you know, great on pass defense, fourth and one. The boot across the across the field, he's there to knock the ball down. So he, he had a huge impact in this game. Uh, another person who had a huge impact in this game was TJ Hawkinson. We didn't know how much he was going to learn what he's going to know going into this game. I remember being at practice on Wednesday, and he had a paper in his hand with tight ends coach and Brian Angelico, and Brian Angelico was like 1A. He stepped right, 1B, yeah. step left. Okay, good, good, good. So <laughs> little, it was like he was literally learning the basics of the game and yeah. the fact that he played almost 90% of plays today, nine catches, 70 yards, three catches on fourth down that converted – I mean, on third down that converted to first downs. What did you see from him that, that made this offense go? Well, right away you saw the defense have to respect him. Um, you saw previously with the tight ends that we've had on this on this uh, this roster when we're like an eleven personnel, one tight end, one running back, and usually a passing situation. You see them. You see the defenses lately lining up with linebackers. Yeah, and that makes it really tough to do what we want to do because these linebackers now. They can use these safeties to double-team J.J. They can double-team uh, Thielen when they want to. But right away, when they saw Hawkinson split out, they put a safety over the top of him. So now all of a sudden, now a safety that you can use to double-team or bracket somebody on the outside, you couldn't do that in this game. Yeah. And the way that he can wiggle and then he can move at the top of his route to gain separation even from safeties, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> it's it, dangerous. It, this, this acquisition is truly a game-changer. Now – I know that the fans out there are probably saying, like, well, why didn't we take advantage of those situations? Look, maybe it didn't, it didn't like, come out in this game right away when mm-hmm. we saw those matchups. That's a really good defensive front. Very You're not going to see a lot of defensive fronts there that physical and get at, can get after the passer and alter the passing game like these guys, ha- these guys can. But trust me, going forward, knowing that defense is going to have to honor him with a safety and not a linebacker, that's going to be huge for this offense. I had no idea the effect he would have in his first game as a Minnesota Viking, but the way he was able to stretch the field down the middle of the field and open up opportunities for everyone else, I am a fan of that. And he's only going to get better with time. We have the Buffalo Bills next week that are 6-2. We're 7-1, five-game lead in the NFC North. I'm excited. Oh, I'm really excited. What's the mindset for you and the mindset for the what, – what should the mindset for this team be going forward trying to stack some of these wins together? 
Look, I think they have to look at this um, and say there's not a team out there that we can't compete with and win. You know, we've faced a lot of defenses and teams that, like, they're, they're, they're excellent or elite at one position or one grouping, and we're finding ways to not make that be a problem. Yeah. Like I said, this defensive front for Washington, it's a problem. Yeah. And they were a problem for most of the game. But we figured it out. We figured it we out. We found a way to mitigate some of that stuff and take advantage of them. So who's to say after all these wins and these tough situations and being resilient that we can't do that against you know, arguably the best team in the league, although they lost today uh, to the New York Jets. But we all know how high-powered their offense is. Yeah. We all know what Leslie Frazier is doing with that defense. That's an elite defense as well. They have great safeties. Yeah. They have guys that can get after the passer up front too. So major test. But – by no means should we walk into to Buffalo feeling like, oh, right. we should doubt ourselves. Right. We absolutely can win that game. Seven and one. It's a lot of fun. And Ben is growing some hair back on his head because we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish that was the, I, wouldn't it be nice if that's what happened. Like every, for, every, for every win I get another sprout of hair. <laughs> hey, if that's the case, Vikings fans, we're gonna continue to win games because we all want Ben Lieber to be uh, happy. Well, as much hair as I've lost, there's not enough games in the season. This is gonna be like a ten year bit. Or maybe some row games. Speaking of games. But yeah. uh Ben, it's a pleasure always talking to you. We'll see you in Buffalo next week for Ryan O'Neill, Ben Lieber, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you guys again for tuning into another winning edition of between the lines fueled by Gatorade. Great job, guys. Thank you, Ben. And uh, thank you, Gabe. Speaking of Kevin O'Connell, first-year coach for the Minnesota Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins played six years here, fourth-round uh, fourth draft pick in 2012 by Washington. He had a 4,900-yard passing season in 2016. That's still a single-season record for Washington. He wasn't booed when he went down and got up and got back in the game. Got a little bit of a standing ovation from an appreciative crowd. That was very, very cool. But Kevin has to feel very, very good about this 7-1 start. Here's this post-game press conference. Um, just a quick update, Cam Dantzler uh, suffered uh, just an ankle injury. Um, we will uh, absolutely keep you guys updated as we go, but that's one of those injuries. Uh, hard to give a timetable on. We'll, we'll get him evaluated, uh, probably get him an MRI tomorrow, scan, and, and we'll see where he's at. But um, really, really proud of our team. Um, we talked a lot last night uh, about being at your best when it's required. And how do you do that? You're, you've, you've got to first and foremost um, be able to overcome adversity, some of which we you know, self-inflicted, caused on our own, um, didn't always play the best complimentary football today, but what we saw as a team continue to find ways to win football games down 10 again in the fourth quarter uh, and, and, and really uh, you know, uh, bounced off of that uh, Harrison Smith interception, his third game in a row, and bounced off of that the right way by kind of capturing the momentum in the football game and then found a way to win it at the end. So uh, proud of our team uh, to get a win um, in, in, uh, you know, of, uh, of that magnitude when you're, when you're down 10 and, and nobody one time flinches. We've got that mentality. That's kind of proven at this point of our team. Uh, we'll continue to coach better and, and execute at a higher level and, and find ways to continue to uh, improve as the season goes on. So uh, you know, we're playing our best ball when it matters. We were in a no-score situation because I just felt like um, if we were going to take the, the points off the board and, and put our offense back out there, uh, situationally knowing they had the one timeout left, you know, you could kind of do the math on it where we didn't really want to take just take knees. Uh, we wanted to try to work as much of the clock as we could, three, four seconds. Even Kirk on that last one would have hate you know, hated to see him take a hit, but what he's doing right there is every second matters. Uh, just in case we can possibly run that thing all the way out. Ron did a great job with his timeout there, but then he was out 
and then uh, we were able to kind of make it uh, more of a desperation mode instead of keeping those points on the board there, but then you give them the full time to possibly not only get three, but maybe even go win it. So I love the way we handled it situationally. It's not always the prettiest in those moments, um, but uh, we did what we had to do to win. Kevin, what about uh, the play there where Kirk went down? Was there any immediate concern what happened and then he left for a play and came back? Yeah, I, you know, uh, Kirk got hit quite a bit today. Um, Interior of that defensive line is pretty darn good. Montez Sweat on the outside. Um, they did some good things. They sent some timely secondary pressures, uh, corners, and uh, we're seeing kind of the full gamut, um, you know, to, to some of our, you know, to some of our stuff. And, and we got to continue to do a good job handling some of that stuff throughout as as we start to see it. Uh, but that play was special, in my opinion. Um, you know, there was a critical third and seven. We've got the matchup one-on-one, um, but but Kirk knew he was going to have to pay for that one. Uh, maybe a little bit too quick right there. I thought we had, you know, kind of the down guys accounted for. But um, for him to stand in there and make that throw at that moment and then only miss one snap, and really, he, you know, that's just a league rule. Otherwise, he, he wanted to stay in there um, and, uh, you know, obviously go down there and try to finish that thing. Yeah, um, you know, a couple times a year in this league, stuff like that happens. Um, I think uh, as the coach of the team it happens to, it's very hard to react to in the moment, especially when I felt like that had a good chance to be an interception going back the other way. That ball was in the air for a long time uh, with kind of a, an overlap safety in Cam Bynum, uh, you know, kind of tracking it. Uh, and then for not only it to happen that way, but then also be, uh, you know, go from an interception to a, a touchdown. Uh, was unfortunate. I got to take a look at where everybody was, and I just know how hard it is to, you know, for those officials and, and kind of with all the different route concepts and where do I stay to still be able to do my job, but also not be in the way. It's easier said than done. Like I said, it happens a couple times a year. Uh, I'm just proud of our team for overcoming it. Defensively, I thought outside of that play where, you know, we, we can only control what we can control, I was really proud of their effort today. Huge trust in Dalvin. We've been saying it, and, and it has not been um, anything we don't believe. We really do believe Dalvin can impact this game. He got a one-on-one -on -one kind of in the red zone right there, critical got to have it type play. And uh, Kirk Cousins trusted him through a beautiful throw. We expected maybe a matchup versus a linebacker, but they played some dime defense right there with the 6 DB in there. And for him to win you know, against the safety type body right there and maybe fight through a little contact while the ball was in the air was pretty special and uh, unbelievable finish to, a, yeah. to that drive. Just in general, with the pressure that they were getting, what did Kirk Cousins show you with his ability to stand in there and make a bunch of impactful throws? Right? Yeah, he showed me what he showed me all year long. I mean, regardless of what it's like, it's the, some of these guys are hard to block, and Kirk knows that. Uh, but we've got to find a way. And uh, you know, we were able to overcome some negative uh, kind of outcomes, some in our control, some out of our control. Um, but for your quarterback to stand in there and, and be at his best when we really need him to be, I don't think that that's a coincidence when you talk about us being able to win in the fourth quarter when maybe it hasn't always been pretty. It's hard in this league. Teams have really good players at some spots that sometimes match up uh, that, that, that you got to account for, and that's where I think I can do a better job for our team, just trying to see out in front of those and have answers uh, before we get to the stadium. Uh, but ultimately, I'm just proud of our guys, the way they can battle over and over again, Adversity, no flinch, and it might seem like a little thing, but it, it, it being down ten in the fourth quarter, you got you really two decisions to make as a football team, and uh, we keep making the right one. Kevin, yeah, um, you know, for Kirk, I, every win is important. Yeah. Um, but do you think this one meant a lot more to him than I guess your standard win? 
I don't know if uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to let Kirk answer that, but I can tell you that his teammates were very, very excited uh, when he received the final game ball in the locker room and broke us down. Um, you can just feel what this guy means to his teammates, this organization, um, and, and, and as a first-year coach here, to have him as our quarterback, um, I feel very confident and, and feel lucky to have Kirk as our guy because um, he's playing at a really high level and overcoming some circumstances that. Uh, quite honestly, uh, we're learning a lot about him, and, and I feel great about where he's at right now. Yeah, when you, you talked about that? kind of trying to give guys a chance a little bit more, and you saw it, I guess, on the, on the touchdown to Jefferson. Uh, how did you think he did in that regard in terms of trusting his receivers to make contested catches? Are you talking about the one at the end of the first half? Yeah. Yeah, I, that was that was what we were looking for right there, a one-on-one in that situation with a plan for kind of pressure and, and what they may throw at us. We still... Still had our, our one timeout left, so if, if we didn't get that look, we had the ability to put the ball in play and maybe get a little closer and, and use our timeout. Uh, that's, that, that was just one, my one point in some discussions afterwards was, hey, let's just make sure we understand uh, you know, as we, as we watch that, that that's not a Hail Mary. That's a one-on-one to one of the best receivers in football, and uh, that's what we were hunting, and I'm so proud of Kirk for throwing it, and it's unfortunate that it ends, ends up being his only interception of the day on a play like that. Um, and loved him giving Justin another chance there at the end, uh, trying to get uh, a touchdown on that third down before we kicked it uh, for the uh, for the game-winning field goal right there. But I just um, those are tough plays, bang bang plays, and uh, we're going to keep giving Justin those one-on-ones down the field, uh, both in the red zone and in the field, just trying to generate chances to get our best player of the football. Kevin, what can you say about? What you say about TJ's play yeah. and getting up to speed so quickly after just arriving to First and foremost, I, I, he deserves all the credit. Uh, both him and Brian Angelico, the tight ends coach, uh, they, they spent a lot of time together over the last five days getting him ready to play. We did not really dumb anything down. We didn't have a separate offense when TJ was in there. Uh, I, I'm amazed at how prepared he was to play. I think it's a testament to his work ethic, his ability to retain a lot of information. Um, and then obviously the coaching by Brian to just get with him and uh, kind of be at his side for five, six days in a row in, in hopes of having him ready to go. I think nine targets, nine receptions, some on third down, and, and, and you could feel his presence on the field. It's a big-time addition that Kwesi and his staff went and got us. Kevin, one of the things that Justin said to me on the field was, we, have, we still haven't played our best game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just, I know one thing for sure, we can have confidence to go try to win a football game, however it's gone. You know, you got to treat each one of them as its own, but I do think when you're able to overcome and win on the road, you know, adversity of double-digit deficits, uh, that only helps us in, in, in the back of our minds knowing football games are going to go a lot of different ways, but the next play, the next play mentality of knowing uh, we're going to get this thing done. We're going to continue to stay together. Uh, complimentary football with the defense making a huge play, and then the offense turning that into a touchdown was huge. Um, but that that uh, four-quarter game is going to be out there for us. And, and as I keep telling our team, no reason why it can't be next week. Uh, but uh, it'll be nice uh, if you know when those moments and those quarters start to stack on each other. Uh, hopefully, it's when it matters the most. Last two questions. How important is a Caleb coming in for? I'm glad you asked about that. I thought. Uh, Caleb, between the physicality that he showed on some tackles against some good backs in space, and then just knowing the type of you know what, you know player that Terry McLaurin and some of their other guys are, uh, I, I felt like he really had an impact in there, and it seemed like he was incredibly comfortable in that moment. 
Um, you know, I give Ed and his staff a lot of a lot of credit for having him ready to roll like that, and we'll see how Cam does. And and uh, but it, it's big time snaps for Caleb stepping in right there. Would you like to summarize your weekend, including the family edition? Yeah, so um, we thought a couple couple of days earlier in the week we thought it, it might have been time, but uh, ended up being uh, the right time was was Friday evening, um, and then getting the opportunity to get through the week with our team, uh, get it immediately when I left you guys on on Friday after uh, after practice there got over to the hospital with my wife. She was an absolute, I mean, unbelievable through uh, her fourth you know delivery of you know. Uh, our, it's, I just feel so blessed to having been there and then get a chance to uh, make sure she was in uh, you know, a good place and received incredible care. Helped me to be confident to come out here with our team and, and try to get a win, but I cannot wait to get back there. Um, just so excited to get back to my family and, and, and really spend some more time with my new daughter. Thank what, you, though. What's her name? Uh, her name is Callie. Uh, Callie Grace. How do you spell? Uh, C-A-L-L-I-E. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Thanks, KOC. Uh, Cousins finishes 22 of 40, 265, couple of TDs uh, and an interception. That uh, that touchdown to Dalvin that ended up oh. leading to the tie, back left of the end zone. Are you kidding me with the catch for sure? How yeah. about the throw? How about the throw? Exactly right. And that throw he threw to Justin Jefferson when he took one right in the solar plexus and went down and came out of play. I mean that that is that's the razor thin edge. Paul, I think Kirk Cousins rides. And if he can consistently do that, meaning take the big hit, deliver the football, he can be he could be an elite quarterback. He could be as good as anybody in the league because the accuracy, man, that wheel route to Justin Jefferson, that throw and that catch was a thing of beauty. We've been waiting for it kind of because that's a Rams, that's like a Rams calling card, right? The wheel route with the running back. They got beat on a wheel route last week against the Colts. So we knew that those that route was there, that those kinds of things were there. And for Cousins to deliver that football right exactly where it needed to be, Dalvin Cook has a huge catch. I mean, if Cousins can just – yeah, we, we saw it fall apart a little bit. We saw it fall apart a little bit with the delay of game bit and then the forced throw that he tried to get to Jefferson. That you know that Those are plays that you wish you had back. And it was great to see him face that adversity, that yep. frustration, and then come back and do you know play the end of this game like he did. Kirk has thrown touchdowns in 38 consecutive games. Uh, that is tied for six best in the history of the NFL with Tony Romo. Adam Thielen finished three catches, 67 yards. He caught his 500th today. Well done, Adam Thielen. Uh, he caught it from Kirk Cousins. And here's uh, what Kirk had to say after a very emotional game. I wanted to congratulate Adam Thielen on 500 catches as a Viking. Um, uh, I learned only three guys have done that, and the other two guys are named Chris Carter and Randy Moss. So that's uh, elite company, and um, it says a lot about not only Adam as a player, but Adam as a man, because you don't do that on accident. Um, you don't do that just because you have a couple good years. The ability to have sustained success over and over and over again, says something about you as a person, not just as a player. And uh, I think so highly of Adam. He does everything the right way. And uh, I'm excited to see where he takes it from here because uh, I'm, I'm so lucky to get to play with him. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that he gets something like this um, uh, achievement-wise because he deserves it and uh, will go down as one of the best Vikings of all time. Um, can't say enough about what TJ Hawkinson did this week to learn this system. Took me about four months to learn it. <laughs> he did it in like four days, so he's kind of making me look bad. But uh, 
uh, not one time in the huddle did I feel like he was looking at me like I like, like he didn't know what to do. Uh, just very much on top of it. it. Gave me a sense of ease as a result. Um, and you don't do it by yourself. It was Coach Ange working with him after hours, and I, I got to give a lot of credit to David Blau. David uh, took over post-practice, pre-practice with TJ to help him transition from his old system to this system. And um, I'm sure TJ's had his spinning, and there's a lot he's still got to learn. But um, he helped us today, and um, um, just got to say I'm grateful for the work that he put in and that David put in and that Ange put in to get him ready. And then um, there's no way we win this game without our defense just keeping us in it, letting us you know, kind of hang around. And um, they just kept making play after play after play and gave us the chance late in the game, especially with Harrison's interception, to, to sh- you know, take it down to the red zone, to give us a chance to win that game. And um, it felt in a lot of ways like our other wins this season where you can't point to a perfectly played offensive game where everything clicked, but just... Defense picking us up, special teams picking us up, and then finding a, a way to make enough plays at the end and find the inches. And uh, it's great to be seven and one. But I think, as I've said at many other of these post game um, conferences, you know, we, we do need to play better. And um, and we're certainly going to get tested major, you know, next week. And uh, got to be ready for that challenge. So I can take any questions you have. What, what you just said about seven and one, but you win games like this. What does that tell you about? Well, I think finding the inches is important, and I think it's important uh, to find those in situations. You know, third down, red zone, two minute, end of half, end of game. Um, and so I think that's probably some of the areas we've been we've been finding success is end of half, end of game. Certainly not today with our uh, you know interception at the end of half, but uh, um, you know even that was shaping up to be a positive drive, get down in field goal range, and uh, and then had a the turnover, but. Um, you know, that's where we've kind of found found the inches is at the end of a half and end of game. Kirk, what was the mentality like? You guys get down 17-7 yeah. I don't know what all runs together right now. I, I remember thinking with the way their defense is playing against us, a 10-point lead, I mean, that's going to be tough. Uh, but uh, I think the combination of um, the explosive play on third down and Justin getting us down there, you know, Dalvin making an unbelievable catch, Harrison's interception, they were just kind of, Plays that uh, that snowballed together that got us back in the game, and um, um, and I, I really have a lot of respect for Coach Del Rio and that defense and the way they played today. I felt like they frustrated us much of the game, and uh, have a lot of respect for the way they play. What were your emotions just kind of returning to Washington? Yeah, I just had a lot of uh, really warm warm emotions and, and a lot of gratitude for the fact that I got to play here, that I had the privilege of being here for six years, and. As we pulled in with our buses, I could see that you know home player parking lot where I remember walking out, you know, to meet my family and to see, you know, teammates and coaches, you know, the Sean McVay's of the world that you, you know, visit with after a game and just, uh, you know, it kind of made me emotional pulling in on the bus just thinking about that and kind of where things have gone and uh, just so grateful I got to play here and got to play for the coaches I did, um, you know, Mike Shanahan, future Hall of Fame coach, to be drafted here by him was just special and. To play for Kyle and Sean and Matt and Mike McDaniel and so many guys, um, Jay, you know, it was just a blessing. And um, uh, they believed in me before I believed in myself. I remember my second start at Atlanta, year two. Uh, Kyle dapped me up before the game, you know, right before kickoff, and said something like, you know, go out, have a great day. And I, he said, you're, you know, kind of gassed me up. And I said, well, I want to prove you right. And he said, you don't have to prove me right. I know I'm right. You're going to be a player in this league for a long time. And that was before I'd done anything. And so his ability to kind of Speak belief in me before I even believed in myself. Um, 
you know, took my career to a, probably to a different level than ever would have gone. And Adam said that you led it. You like that cheer after the game. Just talk about how that went. Kevin just brought me up to just break the team down, and so, uh, you know, first thing that came to mind. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was just, you know, I think the team the team was calling for that one a little bit. Kirk, obviously every win is important. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I probably, you know, so much time has passed, five years, there's been so much change. Um, so I, I wouldn't say so. I think to, to win on the road and, um, you know, to find a way means a lot. It's a special win. It was a hard-fought game. I think the way that they rushed us, the way they hit us, um, you know, it's one of those games where, you know, you, you feel that toughness and as you walk off the field and feel it's so great to win. But, um um, you know, I just I just have so many positive memories being here and uh, and what it meant for my my football career, but also for my life. The reaction you had when you guys pulled up this morning and saw that player park. Yeah. Kind of gearing up to feel a certain. I caught it by surprise. I had never entered. The stadium on a bus from the visitor side. I've been here 60 plus times as a home player, but never as a visitor. So to kind of realize, oh, that's that's right where it was, and you know the number of times I made that walk from the car to the stadium and back out, and you know highs, lows, you know the whole thing, um, and just where life is taking you, you know. And you know I got Chris standing here. I mean, Chris knew me when I was a single college guy coming out of college, and and so to see him is 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 kind of one of the examples of just a lot of memories flooding back, positive, warm memories, and. Um, I um, just feel so grateful that I got to be here and be part of this. Kirk, on the ball to, to Justin, I, when you get hit there, it looked like you were feeling like I could stay in the game. And yeah. What, how are you feeling once you get hit? Yeah. You make the, the to stay in there? No, I, I just couldn't breathe for a second. Got the wind knocked out of me. and I thought he scored. So I was kind of like, I could jog down there and suck wind for a second. <laughs> but I think we scored, so I'm just going to lay here and kind of catch my breath. And then they're like, no, he's down at the 10. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to get up. So I started jogging, and uh, they were like, you have to come out. And I said, I figured, I figured. So Nick Mullins went in there and did a great job. They gave him a bit of a difficult read-type play, and he answered the bell. He read it perfectly and uh, did his job and then was able to go right back in because once I caught my breath, I was good. Oh, man. Just an awesome design by our coaches. You know, they sit there late Thursday night and draw up those red zone plays, and to create that design is outstanding. And then Dalvin executed it perfectly and made the play. And certainly the throw's got to be there, but Dalvin making the catch, keeping his feet inbounds. Uh, he got up and sprinted like he was shocked he caught it. <laughs> so it was funny. It was awesome. It was so cool to see his reaction, and uh, uh, it was a big-time play in the game. Kirk, for those who covered your career, yeah. um, it's a case study in battling adversity, Yeah. Where you are now in the NFL, um, just words of advice for somebody like Taylor Heineke or other yeah, people who, yeah. who have, are battling adversity. Sure. But there's, there's, that's the NFL. It's the ups and downs. Could you just talk about your journey and how it can benefit other quarterbacks around the world? I have a lot of respect for Taylor, the way he played today, uh, the way he plays week in and week out. I, I think he's got a lot of grit and ability, and the playing the quarterback position seems to come pretty naturally to him. He has a good feel for it. Um, I'll never forget when Coach Shanahan was let go and I was kind of down in the dumps. His, the last thing he said to the team was he said, uh, remember, guys, tough times don't last, tough people do. And uh, I took that with me, um, you know, because this game's going to beat you up. This league's going to beat you up. And you have to remind yourself, tough times don't last, tough people do. And, um, you know, what Mike was saying in that moment and what I was taking it as is you better choose to be a tough person. 
and uh, you better battle back physically, emotionally, mentally when this game kicks you down. And if you do, you're going to make it. And, um, you know, being in year 11 now, I see the truth of Mike's words over a decade. And, um, you know, this game's going to keep testing me, and you got to keep finding a way to be a tough person. One more for Kirk. Well, it feels great to win in this league. Um, you know, I, like I said, had so many warm memories coming in, and so on the way out to be able to, you know, remember those as well with a win is so much better than after a loss. So, uh, um, you know, I told my wife when we touched down yesterday. I said we got to schedule a weekend, get a babysitter. We got to come back here to the DMV and spend a weekend, go to all the the former places, all my favorite restaurants, see all the all the people that helped me, body work people, um, you know. Ministry people, gotta gotta do it. So we gotta block out the days because it just reminded me again. I I, I gotta get back here. So uh, you know it's it's special to be back and to win. And um, um, yeah, I guess those three words will follow me for the rest of my career and maybe my life. Alrighty, thanks guys. So the Vikings beat the Commanders twenty to seventeen. Ron Johnson, part of the Vikings Entertainment Network, he offers us three takes every week. Take it away, RJ. Thanks, BA. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios. And this is my three takeaways from today's game. Well, I got to jump out there right away. TJ Hawkinson bought over from the Detroit Lions in the trade. Everybody was wondering, how was this marriage going to work? Well, nine catches, 70 yards. He had an explosive of 19 yards, which is the longest play from scrimmage for a tight end this entire season. Brand new guy, one game in, and he already has the longest play from scrimmage for a tight end on this Vikings roster. I think the marriage has gone great. Kevin O'Connell said on Tuesday night, 10 p.m. is when T.J. Hawkinson started working on this playbook that he had put together for him, and he did an awesome job. Kirk Cousins having that big target in the middle paid off. Also, when he was next to Justin Jefferson, it became absolutely impossible for DBs to figure out, do we cover Hawkinson, do we cover Jefferson? I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season is going to look like, but nine catches, 70 yards. That's the first takeaway from this game, how well TJ Hawkinson did with a limited amount of time to prepare. Second, Daniil Hunter, two sacks. He put his hand in the ground. It was a hybrid 3-4 type look. Yes, he's an outside linebacker, but he's a, he was able to put his hand in the ground, which he's a lot more comfortable, and you saw the get-off. You saw the speed. You saw the ability of Ed Donatel to use him and Zadarius Smith on the same side, creating a mismatch where either the guard or the tackle had to decide who was going to go one-on-one, and the center could only help one. So if the center takes Zadarius, he's one-on-one. You got guard tackle on Daniil. If the guard center goes Zadarius, now that tackle, which we saw, was one-on-one one with the nail but with that get off and that burst you saw him get low you saw him get bendy you saw him get to Taylor Heineke before he could even get rid of the ball on that last sack that was the Daniel Hunter everybody's been used to that's the Daniel Hunter that is going to have to carry this defense down the stretch you have one guy in Zadarius Smith on one side with eight and a half sacks you now have Daniel Hunter having a game like this with two sacks it's going to get a lot scarier as they go and next week Josh Allen Going to need that from De- uh, from Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith because that was the key. But Daniil Hunter is two sacks. That was a huge takeaway for me, getting pressure on Taylor Heineke. And then Greg Joseph with the game winner twice. Kicked the game winner, and then there was a flag. Had to run it out. Normally, there's times like this where that play just does not work out for them and the Vikings find a way or somehow bad luck creeps in. Well, 
Greg Joseph makes a game winner. People all last week on the fan line were saying, we need to find a kicker. We need to trade for a kicker. The kicker's going to ruin our season. Kevin O'Connell had trust in his kicker, kept calm. And what did Greg Joseph go out and do? Rewarded him. Went two for two today on field goals, including the game winner twice. And I think that's the key and not getting in the kicker's head. And then my bonus takeaway today is Kirk Cousins being aggressive. Yes, he threw an interception at the end of the half. Fade route to Justin Jefferson. He was covered, but he gave Justin Jefferson the chance. You saw another deep ball, double covered. He threw it a little short, but threw it up. Gave Justin Jefferson a chance. He did not catch that one, but he gave him a chance. He did the same thing with Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins' aggressiveness is going to be the key. Kirk Cousins was always too conservative. Sometimes people say would not be willing to take a chance. He took a lot of chances today. He took a lot of like big play shots. Justin Jefferson's fade route, threw it early, got him there. Uh, Dalvin Cook's fade route, touchdown, got it there. Uh, Adam Thielen's over route between the linebacker and the safety, got it there. That is the aggressive Kirk Cousins that they're going to need down the stretch, and that's my last takeaway. The aggressiveness of, of the aggressiveness of Kirk Cousins to go after these throws and trust Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to make the play for him, I think that's the Vikings quarterback that everybody's looking forward to seeing. And that'll do it for my three takeaways from this Vikings-Commanders game. Commanders lose 17-20. Minnesota Vikings walk away with a win. Back to you guys at the stadium. Dalvin Cook finished the game, 17 runs, 47 yards. Once again, Cousins at 265. Jefferson targeted 13 times, seven catches, 115 yards. TJ Hawkinson made his Vikings debut, nine targets, nine catches, 70 yards. TJ, on the very first drive of the game where the Vikings marched down and scored a touchdown to JJ, it was third and long. Cousins believed in the middle of the field, even though he just got here like a minute ago, a 19-yard grab for a first down. TJ, welcome to the Covenant. All right, and TJ alluded to what his role is going to be here in the post-game interview with Ben Lieber. Teams want to play two-man against us. What does that mean? You play man-to-man underneath with two deep safeties. That's like playing a man and a half over Justin Jefferson. But what that also means is you're going to have T.J. Hawkinson one-on-one with a safety or a linebacker somewhere in the middle of the field. And that's a matchup that he is going to win. You saw it today. You know, the beat two man, you either have to have a scrambling quarterback or a tight end like that that that, that, that can get himself open in man-to-man coverage. And, Paul, I mean, at six foot five, how many safeties out there are going to be able to shut him down? So his answer – I mean, Hawkinson's answer to a defense that's kind of getting our number, where teams are going, they're using two man to slow us down, to have an answer to it. A guy like Hawkinson to move the chains, to come up big, because Cousins is a big scramble guy, is huge. It's a huge, huge add. And what a move by the front office, by the coaching staff, to bring a guy like that, a caliber player like that, into the fold at this time of the year. And before we say goodbye, I mean, Kirk Cousins deserves immense credit because there was a moment right before the end of the first half. Uh, Garrett Bradbury injured himself. Center Austin Schlopman came in. And it wasn't Schlopman's fault, but the Vikings had a delay of game penalty. Kirk was very animated, very frustrated, very demonstrative. And uh, then he threw an interception back right of the end zone. All right, then we go to half. And Kirk was flustered. You could tell early in the third quarter it just wasn't the same. He pushed through it because this team has the fearless gene and doesn't panic. And I got to credit Kirk not only for coming back to FedEx Field and winning, but pushing through that negativity. And pushing through the physicality of this game because he got hit more today than I've seen him get hit in a long time. And for him to hang in there and deliver some of those bullets, Paul, that's what I'm saying. 
if he can, can do this week in and week out, he's an elite quarterback. He really will be because that's kind of the thing. That was, you know, the inaccuracy when the physicality gets there. Um, that's the part. That's the gripe. That's what, you know, whatever you're going to say, the yeah. anti-Cousins crowd. But let me tell you this. The Washington Commanders, how have they been since Cousins left? They're still struggling to find a quarterback. I didn't get this in the game call. They've gone through nine quarterbacks Exactly since right. Exactly right. And that's the thing. With Cousins – you know what you're going to get. If he can hang in there and deliver those bullets like that, then you know what? You, you got to keep a guy around like that. That was he, fun, man. He, oh, my God. What Thank a, you, brother. I really was, appreciate that. Was I mean, this I've, was, I've called 400-some in my career. This is going to be one of the more memorable ones because oh of how heavens. exciting it was when it got hot and when it got physical and the crowd was all nasty and loud, man. And you know what? Great job, Pete Bursich, analyst for the Vikings Radio Network. And I'm Paul Allen. Your Minnesota Vikings are 7-1, and one, the same record held by the 9 and 98 Vikings. And we take on Buffalo next week. We'll have another postgame report for you after that. The final score, Minnesota 20, Washington 17. Let's wrap it up, Curly, with Kevin O'Connell's post-game locker room conversation. Hey, let me just tell you something. All right, we talked last night about football teams that have philosophies and then standards. What that allows you to do is even when it doesn't go right, even when you your standard is not being reached, and we all know when and where and why, and we'll get better each and every time, me included, always me included. But the last part of that is by living in the, that world, you can be at your best when your best is required. That's right. And that's what this football team continues to do. I looked over at a couple guys. We were down 10. I said, we're going to win this game by three. And it has nothing to do with thinking I got all the answers or anything other than just the belief, belief, and belief that I have in this team that has removed all doubt, like we talked about last night. Give it up for yourselves one more time. Defensively, defensively, game balls could go all the way around uh, for you guys, but I'm going to give them to two guys that we lean on time and time again. First one, two sacks, Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy right here. All right, his yak was a little bit better. He's getting a lot of, he's getting a lot of practice. He's getting a lot of practice at that yak because he's got his interception for a third game in a row here. Yeah. This guy's been doing it for a long time, and we got to just watch him have his 500th career reception. Adam Thielen right there. JJ, it was good to see you still know what to do when you get in that end zone, man. I've been killing you. Seven receptions, 115, 115 yards, and a tug, Justin Jefferson. Yes, sir! All right, right here. Seems like this guy got here about 48 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we went out to go get this guy because I believe, I believe this guy can make game-changing plays and fit right in with our offense when we're rolling through. your best when it's required. The reason why we are 7-1, and one, the reason why our football team is at its best when it's required is our quarterback. Okay? This guy came back to a familiar place for him, got knocked out for a play, 
comes back in and leads us to a victory. Get him his chains. Proud new father. Give this to your daughter. Kirk, get on here and break it down. How I've been winning all year, man. Oh, yeah. All right, this this team is uncommon, and we play as a team. We win as a team, man. No individuals, man. I love this team. Let's keep doing it, man. All Let's, three go. Let's go. Let's go. You like it on three, one, two, three. You like it.